Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Actually, I don't even know what our song is. Do we have a song intro, Kill? So this is just me talking is the intro right now? Wow, this is how the story comes up? Wow. Okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome into oh. the Denver Sports Podcast. You don't need an air horn for that. This is a mature... I, well, yeah, I wasn't going to do it. It almost it yeah. is an instinct. What are you drinking over there? Coffee, hot pipe, and yeah. hot breakfast. Blend. A little breakfast blended yeah. two in the afternoon. That's right. Makes a lot of sense. Um, guys, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Denver Nuggets. We haven't done a Nuggets season preview yet. I mean, we've done them, but we haven't done one for the general masses. Which the Gen Pop. The Gen Pop. We're gonna do such a surface level Nuggets <laughs> overview. I can't wait. Do they we need have to the, be aggressive? Yeah. Do we have the graphic that has a picture of Nikola Jokic? We can introduce to people. Yeah, we can introduce who this guy <laughs> is. Really good. Teach the Just pronunciation. Just run the doc. Uh, and then we're also gonna share a couple clips of the documentary i know it premiered last night on avaca tv it was a very special moment for me personally to finally get to share that with everybody uh and, and it'll be showing on avaca tv over the next couple weeks we'll talk about that and then more importantly talk about what did we learn from this experience this documentary is like the period uh at, at the end of the sentence of this entire trip um and so what did we learn and is there anything through the story that was told that tells us something about nikola Jokic? we'll get to all that i got d-line over here with me hey guys looking to be very general today <laughs> Keep all your comments very, very general. Right I don't want anything point. in the weeds I'm with going you tonight. From a, I'm going from a 10 to a 2. Yeah, that's, I can't wait to see what unserious D-line looks like. <laughs> uh, and then over here, I got Brendan Vogt. Man, I was having such a grumpy start to the day, and then I put this new DNVR uh, hoodie on from Eric Weedham, a.k.a. D-Lineco. You look fantastic. Thank you. I feel fantastic. Oh, Moods yeah. up. Moods up. <laughs> Moods are up now. Got a little coffee going as well. Um, all right, guys. So the Nuggets are now one week into the season. First of all, here's my first thing. I feel like we're like four weeks into the sure season. Does. Honest to God, don't you feel like oh if I told God, you it's yes. been one week? Uh, I, based on the fact that I've gone through literally every emotion that <laughs> I have. Yeah, dude. Opening day, absolute like devastation. The then, Nuggets, it's really just that. Sometimes it only takes one thing. If, they if they'd had the both, same record. Both missteps have been mighty what were the missteps the losses portland the two, losses? two massive oh, to portland, losses. portland That's third so quarter was a pretty big bummer. if i would have told you the five <laughs> games they played like prioritize and how important they are to you you probably would have been like the opener the home opener yeah and portland yeah two I of mean, the three luckily the, luckily the lakers i mean the, La- the that's had, true the lakers too if we had lost to the lakers in the fashion that we lost to both utah and portland <laughs> i tried. would be unconsolable <laughs> um and yet we're very optimistic about the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we're did. in it, baby. We're in it. 
Um, the Nuggets are off to a three and two start, and it's a pretty big year for them. Um, you know, just a quick backstory: the Nuggets over the last two seasons have been without their second best player, Jamal Murray, an emotional leader of the team, Jamal Murray, um, who got hurt towards the end two seasons ago. It basically wasted that playoff run, wasted the next year's playoff run when he was unable to return. Also, last year Michael Porter goes down, has a third back surgery. It was sort of the worst. When you actually list these things off, you're like, oh. why are we so happy? I, yeah, you I know, know what I mean. Like, why well, are we? We weren't. Happy? We weren't. You draft pretty, fool on the hill, smiling. You draft Michael Porter, and you're like, well, you know, there's always the injury risk, but let's see if you can avoid it. Then he gets hurt, and you have to have another back surgery, and you're like, all right, well, we'll see if we'll see if that ever happens again. You know, that would be bad luck. And then he has a third one, and you're like, okay, this is just the worst possible timeline. And yet he's back. Uh, <laughs> he spoke to the media today and shared some really insightful comments about sort of just what was going on with him personally, but also just how he approaches these things. And he, I, I expect him to play tonight. Usually sure. a player is not made available to the media unless they are going to play. And so him speaking today and then also just speaking so openly about, you know, it was back spasms. It's not like the area of the, that he's been hurt, you know, where the issue is. It's just like a muscle thing and the team's being extra cautious. Um, it makes me feel good. It puts a lot of my uh, sort of mind at ease. But I say all that to say the Nuggets have reassembled as a complete team. They made some moves in the offseason. And uh, they this season, for the first time in the Jokic era, this season is a title or bust. Right. Do you kind of agree with that, that it feels title or bust? And, um, you know, do you feel does it feel different in that one regard from previous seasons? Totally. Totally. I think from multiple perspectives, first of all, the multiple important people in the org went out of their way to set that tone going back to exit interviews prior to the summer. But also because, you know, for a long time in this ascension, as the Nuggets got better and better every year prior to the surgeries, there was this kind of Memphis feel to it. Look at these guys overperform. Look at these guys better than we thought. Right. This is the year where if the Nuggets have everything they need and they fall short, the org owes themselves a deep, you know, hard, deep look right. in the mirror. And that, that could mean people's jobs. So there's a reality to this being title or bust that just hasn't been but, present. But hold up. Let me ask it this way. Does it have to be the end of the year? Is there any scenario where Denver feels like we're not even waiting that long, that this is, hey, expectations mean every moment in time, the trade deadline, you know, December 15th when all the contracts that were signed become available to be traded. Is it something where Denver, you feel like this whole season is going to be hot button? Totally, we're always on Totally. Here. And I think there's an air... I want to be careful how I say this because of how it's been said to us, but there, there multiple people have expressed a renewed sense of seriousness around the mm. org of focus. And, you know, a lot of that has to be a credit to the regime change who clearly has a clear game plan that they're executing. Uh, but I think there's also an inevitable thing of how like human nature in terms of taking your eye off the ball and the way that happened the last year and a half. And there seems to be a concerted effort, Eric, to just, not just the messaging, but walking the walk of it. There's no more time to be wasted. The time is right now. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, the, to go back to the initial question, like why has it felt like this season has been so long when it is in reality been so short? It's because of expectations. Every time that you, we, it feels like we're moving in the wrong direction after waiting and building up the idea of and promising ourselves that tomorrow would be better and all of these things right. like when something goes wrong you're like oh my god now have we been lying to ourselves like the expectations so are such that and, and they're real be, like because we really believe them it's not just hype it's that we know that the nuggets have everything that they need and now it's just a matter of doing it and you know that i mean that that is both the fun and the the 
horrible part about sports and like why you keep tuning in. We really don't know what's going to happen, but the Nuggets are loaded to the point where they should be able to accomplish their goals if they are serious enough to pursue them. But here's what happens. So the Nuggets come out and they do have a lot of new pieces and they do all these guys back. These expectations are high and they come out and lose and they're down 22 points in the very first opening night. And <laughs> I mean, part of this, like the more removed you get from any singular event, the more like you can contextualize it. The oh, Nuggets sure. are three and two. They're pretty good. It's very clear that some of the that they were that they are not going to be the team that wins seventy games this year, and it's just like okay, they might. Well, they they still (laughs) sure they still might. But what I mean is, it seems to me more clear that there are going to be lessons along the way of this season. Well, what I mean by that is the Warriors are the example of this, right? Two thousand fifteen, they went from being a good team that people liked that nobody was really picking to all of a sudden it became clear on opening night for them that it was like. Wait, no, this team is special. Mm-hmm. And even though they had new pieces and a new coach and everything else, you're like, wow, it's clicking, and there they go. Not every champion is that way. So I'm not in fact, most aren't. Most teams have ups and downs sure. early on and you have to form. Awesome. But there was a hope, at least I think, for all of us that maybe we would see the Nuggets at opening night win by twenty sure. and then win by twenty again Just and us be like fired out of a cannon. Does it ruin anything for you? Because I know you especially had some hopes for this. And I think it's part of why, like, let's take you guys behind the scenes here. Eric on Wednesday opening night, like Kid in the candy store. Yeah. Like, oh my God, here it is. Here we are. You lose by 20. Like Thursday, Eric's yeah. kind of like, I even want to watch the Nuggets anymore. Yeah, yeah, I, was, like, I was off the Nuggets. <laughs> He's like, Broncos country, let's re-ride. You're yeah. like, oh, that's right. This is painful sometimes. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is painful most times. Like, <laughs> so true. But it's like, that's what makes you stronger. That's yeah. why it's fun. That's why. It you, makes you know, the highs. Like, And it is, I mean, you know, it's just, uh, it, I mean, I really, I you just feel <laughs> it's the expectation this year. Yeah, it is the expectation totally. this year. We have built to something <laughs> and we have been, you know, in that place where it just felt like it was removed from us in a way that was not related to the team. It was larger than the team. We had you know, tragedy befall us, and you can just look to that as though God hates you, not yeah. just that. <laughs> well, and we were trying to build up to like a philosophical and fundamental shift in approach and mindset to the fan base. <laughs> Let go of hell. Yeah, yeah. Nug life is dead. This is the year we Still ride. A great in. Lesson, we're like, though. Nug life is dead. Well, Welcome I, to Nug life. That's what I mean, though. It's perfect, right? Because, like, what were we going to be? No, ignore the gods and then win by 70 in game one. It can't be that way. It's never going to be that way. An early test that. Letting go of hell doesn't mean um, it isn't there anymore. We Nug- just we just can't dwell in it. We Nug life is dead. It. Long live, live Nug life. <laughs> but here's the, here's the question I have for you, Eric. Are your expectations for the season changed after one week? I mean, the Nuggets are three and two. Uh, they're just the the my expectations are changed in that it's not going to be as easy as I thought because. Um, there are holes that I just didn't necessarily see coming. Oh, like with the second, with the the, the bench being the, the largest one. Um, you know, I think that if the when the starters are like really all together and clicking, Jamal Murray coming back slow, we expected it. Um, you know, it's it, and also, you know, I mean, like having unrealistic expectations <laughs> is never it's like never a great thing, but it's also unavoidable. So. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I the nuggets, you know, the nuggets are like kind of where they they should be, and they they've beat some quality opponents and lost to some lesser opponents. But, or actually, we don't know. We don't know who they've lost <laughs> yeah, to. We don't. They, Utah might be great. How long? Yeah, well, we'll find out tonight. The We're nuggets have them again. Um, what about you? Vote your expectations shifted? No, no. My expectations for the regular season, as you framed it up front, I think that's a good way to look at it. I mean, I think I 
I still think they can win 57, 58, but it's not. They're not going to cruise to that. Here's the thing about this 3-2 and two start, though. I honestly think with all the things they're working in and with Jokic's approach and the way we saw him play the last two years, those two losses could be wins. They could be wins. And so there are lessons in them. Uh, but do I think if, if Yoke was going full MVP mode that they could have pulled those games out? Yes. They're working towards a bigger, sort of healthier thing. We expected it to, to take a little bit of time, at least in these first 20 games. So I know that the number one reason we believe in this team is because Jokic is the second, I think the best, at worst, the second best player in the league. And so as you start to see him playing like that again, you're going to find yourself remembering why you were so gung-ho about this team to begin with. And we already saw that when he beat the Lakers. I think here's come some of the reasons people, including yourselves and myself, I should say, are like we have a weirdness about the Nuggets at this very moment is because the question marks for the Nuggets were coming into the season. How good is Murray right out of the bat? Yep. And the answer to that is like, not, not as good as we had. Yeah, pretty good, but there's, right. yeah. it's going to take some time, right? It's, he's, we are all like, oh, maybe by November, he's 100% back. That feels unrealistic. I think you could still say maybe by Christmas, you know, he's really back into it, but it clearly going to take time. You thought Michael Porter. Let's see his health. He's yeah. going to linger over us. Here we are one week into it. He's already had a back a back linger. issue. Now, albeit, as he is saying, not necessarily connected to the surgery. This is a muscle thing. But nonetheless, it's uneasy. Dude, the word back in a sentence that uh, also contains the, the phrase Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> is a tough one to hear. Yeah. Even if it means he's coming back. I right. still, right. yeah. like, just use the word return. Yeah, yeah, just dude. say return. He's returning to the court. It's like yeah. if Murray was like, hey, he's out with the left knee soreness. But don't worry. It's not the ligaments. It's <laughs> right. the bones. You're like, oh, oh what? Um, is that good? Right. <laughs> okay. There's, but, so there's something there. I think that's it. Here's the one. And then the other piece I would say of this, I don't think is one of the reasons, but you alluded to it. But Yoke has only been maybe 95% of himself. He's just been a little bit... Of, I don't want to say passive, but he hasn't been as aggressive as we've seen in the past. I think that's the part that gets solved immediately. Maybe yeah. already solved. Wednesday, we saw him just absolutely sun. In a way that... Here's the thing. Jokic does sun people sometimes. Yes, sure does. Like, a lot of times he just goes out and plays basketball and he's better than everyone, but he's not sunning anyone, right? He's just respectfully dominating. Yeah. That game was a, felt a little bit like a sunning to me, and... Like, Yoke has that dog in him. It's been proven. But sometimes he doesn't. Like <laughs> but there's the dog sleeping. Seasonal dogless disorder or something like that. Like, STD. Yeah, STD. I, I feel like I don't know what it is. Again, we, we, we've we psychoanalyzed no human on earth more than Nikola Yoke. No, so sure. I, I can't be. And I'm sure we've it's never like, been more wrong about it. Yeah, it's always my favorite thing to do, despite the fact that it's like a pure. And it's then like, you ask him about himself, and he goes, brother, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, our, okay, I've spent a week on this. Our Terror card season preview is more scientific than our Jokic psychoanalysis. <laughs> so true. But what I will say is this. <laughs> There's reasons for me to believe I think Jokic is ready to be back to the old Jokic. And I think yeah. that going forward we are going to see a 27. And part of me also wonders if Jokic looked around and was like, do I need to score 25 this year, 22 or whatever? And he looks around and he goes, oh, it's 30. I got to score 30. Okay. Yeah. To me, I, I'll do it. I think, and we'll get into this later on in more detail but i do really Stay think general. that there is a cultural thing like coming back from serbia to denver like it takes Jokic a little while to readjust because like when he's there it's like a different thing it mm. feels different you come here it's work it's like 
you know, you're with people you like, but you're not with the people you've chosen to surround yourself That's with. That's so true. And That's you're so kind true. of like, okay, all right, like, do I really want to get on this bus? Do I want to go to San Francisco? No, I don't want to do these things. And he's a mercurial guy. Like he it happens every year, every, every single year. year. And it takes a little bit for him to get into this mode. And I really do think that weather has something to do with it. But more than anything, like when he first came back, um, it wasn't with his family. You know, I know. Uh, I was turned on to the fact that he had to miss his daughter's first birthday. Right. And there are things like that that you're like, yeah, I can see why that would like maybe not put you into the killer mindset. We, I mean, we saw Jokic as an apex predator, not a, like a month plus ago in Eurobasket and in the qualifiers and everything. We, we know where he can be should he want to be. We just haven't seen him in that place. And, the, you know, that motivation you have to he's a human being right yeah is he a human being he's a can, demigod can i he is a bit of a demigod can i ask you is are you projecting personal experience you got back and you were like Damn. yeah of course <laughs> that's what I, that's what i mean like yeah. i feel like i understand him even more having mm. been in a place where it's like it's different there and it feels different and i can only imagine you know like playing for country and having the feelings of importance to the first game of 82 where you're like, okay, okay, let's, I'm getting yelled at by Milan again, like, or whatever. Like, I don't know. I just, I can, I can, as you say, I can project myself into that position. I can kind of understand it maybe a little bit more than I have in the past. Yeah. Um, let's take a break. On the other side, I want to get into some of this documentary. We might circle around more to some Jokic talk and Nuggets talk generally, but I do want to kind of, this conversation was largely about this giant project, the biggest project, or one of the biggest projects in DNVR history that we just launched last night um, that I want to get to. But first, I want to tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. NBA is back. We've been telling you guys this for two weeks. Oh, boy. Two weeks. But Listen to us, would you please? Would you please? Right now, they are giving <laughs> such great deals. If you, for all, like you haven't gambled for a while or you're signing up for the first time, they're just giving you money. And when I say money, hundreds of dollars. The deal right now. DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You make any $5 NBA money line bet. That's just who do you think is going to win. Bet on, bet on them. You can bet the Nuggets tonight, for example. Put, yep. put, put, put your money on uh, $5 on the Nuggets to win tonight. I and would, if you Jeff, win, $200 in free bets. I've learned that you cannot control the outcome of a game through the way that you bet it, though. You should bet with your head, not your heart. Hey, you can bet with whatever. Actually, I think you can bet with whatever you want. You I can. personally would rather lose five dollars betting for the thing I want. Adam bit, bets on principle. <laughs> I do. I'm telling. I'm being dead serious about this. No, I, I don't bet. I bet for fun. I don't bet large sums of money. I bet yeah. money I'm capable of losing without really noticing. Yes, that's but the what way I'm, to do it. What I'm saying is, like, Dev will always give us the like. You should. Lowry Marketing's going to really hit some threes tonight, and I'm like, I'm not rooting for that. Like, I'm not going to sit yeah. here all night going, yes, yes. I, I insurance, bro. I agree, but the, the I will say, like, there are ways to win your bet even if your team does not play that you want That's the way point, they want yeah. them to you don't have to simply bet on the outcome of the game you right. can bet on things like you're like and the way that dev does it also i've you know i've come to understand like dev bets on pure human motivation yeah have you come to yeah, yeah. like he, he's, told he's us, like yeah. yeah he's like all yeah, he's not gonna look. He's not gonna look bad in front of his peoples. I'm like, okay, ten bucks. <laughs> um, but right now, you do have to bet on the money line for this deal. Five dollars, and if you hit it, it's two hundred dollars in free bets. Uh, download, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Make any five dollar bet this week and get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details right in the description of the show. Also, I'll tell you, also in the description of the show, guys, Game Time, Whoa. the Game Time app. You guys yeah. might want to go to the game tonight. It's here at Ball Arena. I'm you going. know what? 
Kel, are you pulling that up? I wonder what kind of, what, what price tickets are right now. They're probably extremely cheap. Uh, and even if you wait to the last minute, you can. One thing you can do. People don't know this. Olds like me. Oh, I don't. I like. I don't want to go down to the arena unless I have tickets. But that's foolish. That's antiquated thinking. You go down there. You pay for parking. You walk up to the front. You hop on the Game Time app using our link right in the description of the show, and then you see a ticket. You buy it right there. Boom. You walk yeah. in. Is it that easy, Eric? Yes. Fourteen dollars yeah, to watch Dikla Jokic in person. Listen, the days of what? old. The days of myself and Adam. The old days where the yeah. olds uh, reigned supreme. Are so you would old. have to go to the arena and you oh, have to find hustled. a guy that was he saying so he wants tickets mm-hmm. when in fact he had tickets. That's so true. It was confusing, and then you'd have an uncomfortable barter between the two of them. No. You don't know where it's coming from. Is this real? Is it not real? Forget that guy. Come to our link. Just click it. It's much cheaper. That guy's not going to give you a great deal for waiting to the last minute. I promise you Plus, that. Plus, he doesn't have a podcast. That guy doesn't have any. Best way to support us is to, be- is to buy tickets through the Game Time app using the description. Don't buy them without us, though. Use the description right here, and it's incredible. All right. Kale, why don't you go ahead and play that first clip that I sent for you? And this Roll is that for those people. Footage. An exclusive clip of the documentary. You can see right 100 here. 100 Invisible Threads. Seventy years later, a tall and unassuming young prodigy arrived in Denver, Colorado, a city halfway around the globe from Serbia. This is the story about one man, a basketball player, and an MVP. But it's also the story about Serbia and about a lot of other basketball players. It's about a culture and tradition that has helped shape some of the world's great basketball players and changed the way that the world sees the game. It's about a family tree that extends all the way around the globe and a branch of that tree that brought people together in the most interesting way. And most of all, it's about a group of friends who make up the DNVR Nuggets. For years, the seven of us have been watching, analyzing, and sharing perspectives on Jokic and the Nuggets with fans from all around the globe, but connecting especially with fans in Serbia. There's RG and Kale, our producers. Vote, the charismatic party animal. Win, the pragmatic reporter. Dev, the cool and popular one. Eric, the artist and comedian. And of course, myself, the host and leader of the pack. This is the story of our journey to discover more about the country that delivered us our MVP. Those guys seem cool. Those guys seem so cool, man, when you put the little music behind them. Dude, I want to hang out with that party animal. The party, party animal, animal with the little <laughs> neck pillow right off the plane? <laughs> Actually, true story. Uh, for Vote's first beer of the trip happened at the airport. In Denver. In Denver. Yeah. At 7 in the morning. It was like, you know what? I'm on, I'm on vacation. Grease in the wheels. Yeah, just FYI, when we said uh, a nice brew in his cup, it's beer. It's beer. It's <laughs> piping hot beer he's drinking. I can't beer. tell if it's a vanilla porter junior <laughs> coffee. Um, I, I got to say, um, so that kind of gives, that's like the setup. It's not all slideshows, guys, just so you know. It's actually mostly not slideshows. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of a setup. It's just wanted to give you a little tease slide. here. Um, first note on this. The documentary is uh, exclusively to Avaca TV, and I know some people have reached out and said, why is it there? I'm a, I'm a paying member. Why isn't it to members here? The only reason the trip happened, and you have to understand, guys, how many miracles had to happen for us to make it to Serbia? Right up to the end. Too, yeah. Well, first off, we got on a big hunk of metal that flew through the air. Now, that's that was, itself, that was a miracle. Yeah, that was totally. <laughs> um, so just a lot of different things had to come together, and one of the big things was Avaca TV stepping up and saying, we love the DMVR Nuggets crew. Uh, you know, we had this vision for making some kind of extended story in addition to vlogs, and they were like, "You know what? We'll buy it. We'll make it. If, if we'll send you guys there. We'll have exclusive rights at least for a period of time." And so that's that's how this came together. It wasn't we're not trying to like jive anybody here. They they said, "Hey, this is how it's going to work," and it will eventually be on YouTube. But here's the thing that I want people to know: Ivaca TV really likes us. We really like Ivaca TV. 
what they did for us in putting this on and hosting it the way that they have is actually a really cool thing mm-hmm. that I hope becomes a regular thing. Yeah. Not, I mean, I would love it for a Serbia trip to be a regular thing. I don't know if it's, it's exactly... Like a monthly Serbia trip? Every month we go to Serbia. How, how many trips will it take before Serbia is so tired of us that they ask us not to come Honest back? question, though. Answer Three. that honestly. Three. Yeah, I think I think a second trip they'd be like, man, these guys roll. Third trip, they're like, right, yeah, they're like yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, like, we're not yeah. putting you on TV again. I don't uh, know why yeah, we're definitely not doing that. Um, but no, so I I say that to say that right now, if you are in Denver and you want to watch the Denver Nuggets, you have a couple options. You can get Direct TV, you can get Fubu Fubu or whatever it is, or you can get Ivaca TV, and they all have different <laughs> things to them. The thing about Ivaca is one, they're local company. Yep. Two. When you use it, it's also the most affordable one. It's by, by far the by far the bounds. most affordable one. And then three, it uh, they have the DNVR channel. Just like when you have Netflix or Sport TV or whatever, and you can bounce between the different little things, or if you're just scrolling like on DirecTV or Comcast, there's a channel that says DNVR, and that's where our documentary is. And hopefully in the near future, where a bunch of things of ours it, are housed. It, it, We're it, live right now. In fact, people watch us on yeah. Avaca TV rather than just on YouTube, like you. A lot of people do. Evoca TV is truly a all-in package for diehard sports fans. Right, right. It really. I mean, there are other things that come with it, but if if you're anything like me, and I think a lot of people who are really uh, inexplicably addicted to sports the way I am, like that's all I watch on television anyway. Unless there's like, you know, like a special or something on Netflix or something that people are talking about, which you can add on to your TV but like I only watch sports and like so I only I want to watch the Avalanche I want to watch the Nuggets I want to watch the Broncos which you're able to do through you know that's on network and the Rockies are on there all you know sorry that they're on there but they are there but But it's just like the and then the you know then you watch the it's just like four literally four like as though we ourselves put this together And, and last note on it a lot of users have told us the DNVR channel is actually right below the altitude channel, like right below. Yeah. So you log on for the night and it's just the up or down button on your remote and you're set. They, I'm telling you, this is how Evoca values DNVR yeah. and they make us like front and center of their product, which is really cool. Um, I say all this just to say that I think three years ago when the Comcast dispute first started, people looked at this and were like, you know, got to pick a side. Who's at fault? This or that. I think that we're three years into this. You need to realize the world has changed and is never going back. That's the yep. that's the truth of this. This is not ending. I really believe that it's not ending. So you just got to now decide how you want to work now. Do you want to keep illegally streaming? Do you want to just complain? Do you want to leave? Some people will just leave. Like that sucks. That that's a consequence of all of this. That the fan base inevitably will shrink before it grows again. Yep. But there are solutions, and we think Avaka is the best one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's. Comcast is not working to find a solution that was going to make your life better. Comcast is looking for a solution that will make them the most amount of money now and in the long term. And unfortunately, they're using you as a bargaining chip to do that. Um, so just get like Comcast is not a requirement in life. That's the other thing. It's like right. it used to be. The it only just was way. the convenience of life. It's the convenience until now. Yes. But it's like it, they've shown you that they're not interested in your actual happiness. So stop giving them money. Right. Uh, I didn't make 10 for this part. To, to I don't so care. I get fired up every yeah, time you about this. The other, I just meant to say that it's on Avaca, and that's why eventually it'll be to people out of market. It'll be on YouTube, everything else. And oh, yeah. in market, it'll be on YouTube. Um, but I say all that to say, you know, this was a project that, one, it's an enormous project, probably bigger than we anticipated when we went into it. Um, <laughs> and it took a lot out of us to, to try to, you know, write, edit, f- and really create this thing. And the if I could distill it down into what this is, 
you know, we went on an amazing trip. We made some great vlogs of that trip. We shared it on social. I feel like a lot of people kind of had a front row seat to our trip. This was, there were things we learned that t- took a longer form to discuss. Mm. It's not just a thing you can say on a podcast or this or that. It was like, hey, I want to show some of the things we learned because it really was, to me, um, the most interesting aspect of this trip, for me personally, a basketball junkie, was learning about the intersection of culture in Serbia and before that, Yugoslavia, former Yugoslavia, and learning what how that culture sort of evolved the basketball development over a period of basically 70 years. I mean, you're telling in some ways a history of 70 years of basketball in a country. And then what does that inform us about basketball in general? A lot of my things I learned from this are not like, what did I learn about Jokic? They're like, what did I learn about the game of basketball? And there's a lot there. I want to get into some of those, but also obviously a lot that we learned about Jokic. And I'll start there, Eric, through the documentary, but also just through your experience of living the documentary. Do you feel that you've learned more about Jokic specifically? And in what ways do you feel like, hmm, I think differently now? So the thing about Jokic is that, like, as evidenced by the way we started this conversation, this podcast, is like the most interesting thing about him is his psychology. You know, he is the most talented and the how unbelievably skilled and gifted he is without being athletic at all. Like, those two things. But really like going to the place that he comes from and learning about and meeting so many other Serbian um, people and hearing their perspectives on the world and seeing the way that they live. And it's like the humility um, and just like the humble approach to life is like not, there's no act um, in the way that Nikola Jokic goes about his business. Like, you know, he doesn't have social media. He's really not concerned with, you know, the concept of celebrity, it bother, it's bothersome to him. Right. And then you like, you go to Serbia and that's kind of the ethos of the entire country. It's just sort of like, they are a place that, like Serbia is a place that has been in the middle of conflict for almost in, its entire existence. Yep. It's like a place that really sits on the axis between East and West and you, you know, you have to worry about like the Ottoman Empire and you have to worry <laughs> about things that like don't make sense to us here because we live a very isolated life and right. we're not bordered by places that are constantly trying to exert their militaristic dominance and, and take their, you know, it, it, right. it's just a lot, right? And for me, I just, kind of learn that Serbians are sort of happy to be alive and they're sort of like happy to with what it is that they have and they're not looking to live in a flashy way and it's like it all of these pieces that I sort of saw in all of the people we met really lined up with the way that I think about Nikola Jokic and it's just like his authentic self just became clearer and clearer and clearer through the lens of all of these other people. It's just like, this guy is, is just who he is. He, it's, he's exactly who he is. There's, there's really no artifice and it's just, right. You you understand his motivations are such that he really, and I, a lot of this is interjection, but like you understand like why it's important for him to do well on behalf of Serbia, like why it means a lot to succeed as a Serbian in this world, the concept of the not that we're constantly talking about, like really comes to light where they 
always talk about themselves in a way that they're sort of negging and they're sort of like downplaying. But when really it's like this is the most impressive athlete in the world. But like, <laughs> and he's not, understated. You're saying it's understated and you time. understand why. Perhaps. I get it. Like yeah. I just get the psychology. So that that for me was the most that, that, that I pulled from all of it. Like, yeah. You know, he's unique, though. And I think even over there. I agree. And there's this sort of conflict, I think, between Jokic wants a lot of I think agency and privacy over his individualness, individualism, and everyone wants to see something through him, a bit of themselves, a bit of their city. And in Serbia, it's much more complicated with an evolving concept of nationalism, which is very layered in ways that even after our trip, we can only barely put our fingers on. And what it means to be a proud Serbian, how to express that pride, what you're willing to do and fight for your country, putting that jersey on. I think we found even there some people... It's harder to claim Jokic. You know, in Denver, we want to claim him as a Denverite. And in Serbia, they want to claim him as a perfect representative of Serbia. But there's a struggle there in that Jokic, I don't really, doesn't want anyone to see anything through him except himself. So I think I want to speak to that because I think there's something interesting. And there, there's a, one of the guys that we interview in the documentary is named Milan Dozit. He's actually the GM now of Red Star. Like one of, by the way, Red Star, one of the biggest, most important basketball teams in all of Serbia. It's really Red Star part is on most fans, at least in Belgrade, fall on one of those two lines. Um, but he's the GM of Red Star and he used to be a player. And he's asked, you know, a little bit about, you know, what the value structure, you know, in Serbia, because I'm asking him these questions, like, tell me the value structure. And he has a line in there where he says, you know, the first thing is family. And I think we see this with Jokic. Most important thing to him, he's very family oriented, extremely family oriented. We know that about him. Then he says it's your friend group. Like friends are really important. It's important to have some friends. And then after that, you start to get into the other aspects of that, including your country. And I think Jokic... While there is a lot of national pride in Serbia, like for a lot of people, I do think Jokic, to me, is almost more, or I'm again, I, I believe, just from course, observing him all course, this, yeah. that he is more represented by those first two things. Mm, yeah. That Jokic, even more so than maybe people, in, perhaps it's a Sambor thing, maybe in Belgrade, the country part of that comes uh, in a little bit earlier. I think for Jokic, he's like, no, I am a Jokic. Right. I have my family. And then I'm a Samborian, and I yep. have my friend group in yep. Sambor, my people, and I go to that same little cafe, and I go to the same restaurant. I have my group. And then well down the list, like well after that, I get into all these other aspects. And that's why I asked Jokic one time, and it was sad when I first asked him. Years later, it's less sad. I asked him, does Denver feel like a second home to you? And he said, no. Yeah. And it was an easy question to him. He's like, no, I only have one home. That's Sambor. Right. And I, he would even maybe say that about Belgrade, too, to your point. Oh, no it's, question. He's a, he is, I mean, he's Jokic, as you were yeah. saying. But if you were to try to categorize him, I think he is more of a Samborian than anything mm-hmm. else. And by the way, those those people, it's a really slow pay, pace of life, of speaking, of thinking. They almost talk in adages. You know? Right, right. Like, uh, so a lot of that. Yeah, a little Arkansas to it, perhaps. Sure, like little, sure. There's a little, uh, there's something to it that, like that kind of like. It does, but it, sh- but it shouldn't. <laughs> but as you, as, you, as you spend time in it, you're like, oh, yeah, like he's definitely a product of this environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. well, I want to pull on your thread here about an insult because one of the Just things. Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> but I, again, the reason I'm bringing it up is you're right that Jokic does, because I'm told he speaks with an accent, even it's in, the, it's in there that people from Sambor speak a little bit slowly or whatever. And I and Jokic as well, like people from Belgrade, maybe can hear immediately, like, oh, he's from the north. I can tell that's he's a he's a north guy. But I do think that there is something about Serbia in relation to the rest of the world, where Serbia is viewed a bit as the Arkansas of Europe, it, as evidenced by their 
their uh, drink that they're so proud of, or is, that we also yeah. love, it, Rakia. Like Rakia looked at as sort of a moonshine. lesser a moonshine, a moonshine, yes, culture. and it's like, yep. but you know, as as we learned, as we went there, I mean, everything is not as it seems. Like, there's much more layered, complex, nuanced, interesting. I'm, just, right. That really, I mean, at the end of the day, like just as in probably everything that you examine more closely, you just find out that there's just so much more to it than you ever could have imagined. Right. The inter I want to keep going on this intersection of culture and sports though, because I think it's so interesting, you know, obviously from this trip. I, well, another thing I asked Milan Dozit, the former player of Red Star current GM, I asked him this, it didn't make the, it, it got cut out. I asked him what was his best, he was known as a dunker, like a, you know, poster dunker. And I asked him like, what was your best dunk, you know, you ever had in a game? And he, like almost was annoyed by this question. He didn't get annoyed mm. by anything, and he's kind of like, I don't know, I don't know, man. He's, I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, I just, I don't think about basketball like that, like my best play. And I was like, okay, well, what about like what your was your best game? And he said it was a championship game. Right. And I asked him why, and he's like, because we won the championship. Yeah. <laughs> that, and like that's the thing. And I'm telling you, like the way he was almost annoyed with it, because I, I, he was not annoyed by anything. He was very open. He had a lot of great answers. He was a little annoyed at this one part. I felt. Not annoyed maybe not the right, right word, right, but right, like right. not unsure about how to answer it, right? Right, right, right. And he's trying to explain, like, guys, I just don't think about it that way. You have to understand, my greatest game was when we won right. the title. And he also had this other great line. So and by the way, it reminds me of Yoke. We ask him totally, questions sometimes, totally. and he gives us that dumb look, and it's like, whatever, and he doesn't get it. And by the way, I see sometimes people on YouTube will be like, it's because the Denver media has the worst questions of all media. I'm like, come on, guys. Come really? on, man. Yeah, like, really? Like, you guys need I, I, to... Can you imagine the transcendent questions that happened in Milwaukee? <laughs> <laughs> The amazing questions that anger yeah. Steph yeah. Curry and make him yeah. walk out all the time. Those yeah. are great questions. The, the more media you get, the dumber questions. And Denver has like almost no media. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't Re regardless, point. I'm just saying, I think there's the cultural divide to some of the things with Jokic. And some of the times, I think he's like Milan Dozet, where somebody will ask him a question. Mm. And he's like, guys, I don't think that way. I'm not thinking, oh, I need to go son Anthony Davis tonight. Oh, I just, it's much different. tar chagrin. Yeah, no, we're, we're always kind of, mad about it. Like, come on, go sun him for we're us. We're so obsessed with his signature shot, the Sambor shuffle. And his most recent answer about this, he says, oh, I, I only shoot that out of desperation. And then everyone laughed. And he said, they think I'm joking. Like, <laughs> we want to put this move on a pedestal. He busts this move out. Because there's nothing else he can do. Like he doesn't. He's see. a little liar, though. Come on, he's I, a I, little liar. He busted that one out. He didn't need it. He that was, was not, not desperate. He was dude. not desperate. That one was actually. No, That's why it's noteworthy, though. This you're is right. the point. The you're one, right. the right. one you're in right. Stark Arena when he hit it on Giannis that in was the corner. A hundred percent desperation. Totally. But the one on Anthony Davis was a little. But, but here's my. You're right. There's a little bit of gamesmanship there. But he still chooses <laughs> to understand it as a thing that happens. Yeah. And not. My concerted effort to be dope right, through yeah, this move. So true. You so know? true. Maybe there was a concerted effort to make Anthony Davis feel bad about his level of defense. That's the way I approach most times when I speak is a concerted effort to make Anthony Davis feel bad. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your friends. That's why I was nodding my head. No, just Anthony Davis. Okay, well, right. Milan Dosit had another line that got cut that I just kind of want to share on here. I'm trying to share like stories that were cut more than the ones that are on. But one of the stories that were cut was he said when he won the championship, he was happy for 10 seconds. Man. <laughs> but but why? You might think like no, for I can relate. Nick, Nick Saban's like, you know, like we're going to celebrate this till midnight. Then the next season starts or whatever. You like Mike my Saban? That was pretty good. Man, that was really yeah, good. It sounded like from Arkansas. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Alabama. <laughs> Adam loves to do so, impressions. So anyway, he it was different. The reason he said he was sad was because then he started to realize I'm not going to be around these guys ever again. 
And again, when he says it's important to be part of a group, to him, that's what sports are. And mm -hmm. I think to most Serbs, it's like it's the experience of being at battle with your friends 24-7, you know, your, your whole life. You're just kind of like this. And then once it's over, you're like, we're going to go our separate ways. We'll text and talk, but we're not going to be together every day and working, rowing in the same direction for one thing. And there's something about that that gives you meaning and purpose that so much so that he was literally sad 10 seconds after winning. Man. That is that's a bummer. That's a bummer. I can understand another another podcast with the fellas, you know. And is there something true though? We've talked about this though, Eric, because you know you're a partner in this company. We're trying to build something, and you've talked about like there is a uh, like what is the end goal? And it's like it's almost sad to think about because you picture like and then life was good, and it's you've like seen, no, I've been I've been bummed out about this for two years. You know this. <laughs> yeah, Eric's know preemptively this. sad about the. I end, am because just so well, just for me, like my role specifically changes. The bigger we get, I have to be mindful of more and more things. I have to be less less focused on the Denver Nuggets, and it like it does make me bummed out. Like I'm uh, bummed out right now. But there is something <laughs> to. I mean, that is, I think some of the very best athletes in the world are not even the best athlete, the best winners in the world. Like you look at what Tom Brady's going through right now. Like that guy wins a title and he had fun at that Tampa Bay parade. We all saw it, but it's to do be Tom Brady. You very clearly have to set a limit on how long you will celebrate. And when you will flip the switch to, I now want to win the next one because that process almost means more to me than the result. And it is I only bring that up because for as different as many great American athletes are and many great Serbian athletes, there is uh, there's like an intrinsic obsession with winning and the process that goes into winning that almost comes before any other part of the experience. Yeah. And I've asked Jokic, by the way, about this very fact because one another thing Milan Dosit said, another thing that didn't make the, the that didn't make the final edit, was that for uh, first of all, coaches in Serbia uh, I can get into this a little bit later, but he talked about a team will go to a restaurant and not enter the restaurant until everyone has arrived and no one leaves early. You're not allowed, not because it's like the team rule, although in some cases it is the team rule, but just that it's the culture of like, of course, we're eating dinner together. You know, if we're on the road, of course, we're all of us, not us go here. You guys mm -hmm. go there. We kind of split up. And then also that you don't even enter. It's not even like, oh, vote said he'll be here in 20 minutes. Like, let's just get started. It's like, no, we. Everything you do is very much together in this or that. And I asked Yoko about this one time because that's, again, I think this does play into the culture. They were a communist nation for many years. I think that probably has some a little bit to do with it. But I also just think it's a communal culture as we've learned through eating food and everything else. Mm -hmm. It's very much a, like, you know, a lot of camaraderie. But I asked Jokic about this. And I think a lot of the Jokic experience for him personally is coming from a culture Leaving that one and coming to a completely different one and having to figure out what things you just have to accept are different and what yep. things make you sad that you that you lost. And for him, he was kind of at peace with it because I asked him, I was like, is it true that, you know, teams out there will play together or that will eat together, wait for together? He's like, oh, yes, absolutely. I go, is that a part of team building that you wish? And he's like, yeah, but it's not possible. I mean, it's just so different over here. He's yeah, like, those things are good. But yeah. And then he cited with the national team. He's like, he told me a story. He's like, yeah, we were all in the same room at hotel room. We'll all watch TV together. Like everybody will go to one hotel room to watch yeah. TV, which is so foreign. You can't picture that in the NBA. But he was saying, well, you have to understand, I've known those guys since we were kids. Yep. Like I don't get to see them very often. So when I do see them, it's like great to just be with them and yep. to spend as much time as possible. And here it's eight months or whatever. And I just thought it was an insightful answer to him because not only did it show the difference, but it also showed Jokic's contextualizing of those differences. Uh, like... Sad acceptance that, yeah, but I, I can't expect that here. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that this is, um, you know, that when you go through something with people, you are bonded forever. Like yeah. Serbia as a place has gone through a lot together and it means something that they have sort of circled the wagons and they've put their flag down that this like this is what it means to be Serbian and like we are in this together we're going to see it through we're going you know and that's just not something that exists in the United States there's not a lot of shared experiences like there's not there's not like a lot of like collective inherently individualistic right? yeah and also I mean like we spend most of our time like trying to yell at why the United States sucks like uh, this is wrong and that is wrong and you know of course that's true in a lot of ways but like that's not how it works in the rest other places in the world where they're just trying their hardest to maintain some sort of like cohesion na and, yeah. national cohesion like uh, you know accomplishing things that are bigger than themselves by working together through but it's it's come out of necessity not just right. you know like if if you know we've seen in times past when the US has faced um, you know either security issues or, or things that are, affect us all equally people coming together, you know, but we just don't get that very often. I get it. Like they have gone through all of this together and it, they have to hold on. Otherwise it could just mean nothing. Like they could splinter and become nothing. Yoke's acceptance and journey of understanding. I think the difference between not just these two cultures, but these two basketball cultures is a big part of his MVP ascension. And as we talk about it in this context and reflect on it, we were talking about the sort of seeming whiplash he goes through going back and forth. Right. And it's because that you got it's not just it's not just, oh, the language is different and the people are different. Right. We're talking about major shifts in philosophy. Oh, yeah. Like fundamental differences in approach and attitude and understanding of the world, not just as a person, but also as the best player on Team Serbia and then the Denver Nuggets, respectively. So in hindsight, not super surprised that you see a guy who seems to be going through a lot every time he takes the trip from one place to the other. Right, yeah, totally. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, I wanna get into some more of the histories that didn't get shared there and kinda of hear you guys react to those. Some of these I don't think you actually ever heard, but I just find them really, really Sweet. fascinating. First, I wanna tell you about Hassel Cattle Company. Beef hey, train, let's yeah. go. Oh, this is all Eric. Do you wanna ISO some Hassel here? Oh, bro, I would love to ISO. I would love to house some ca Hassel Cattle Company right now. I love Hassel Cattle Company. It's my favorite sponsor we've ever had. <laughs> they, when I get a, it, when, when I feel like I'm, uh, feeling low in this world, I will order a ribeye from Hassel Cattle. Ribeye is the top steak to me. No I don't question. know if that's controversial or not, but it's... N to me, it's no question. You know why? And, uh, because of the marbling. Yes! We got it! Because of the marbling. And Nailed so it. I will cook it in a cast iron skillet with no oil at all because it doesn't need it. It is self-lubricating. Self-lubricating. All of the delicious fat that is stored in between the muscle fibers of this specific breed of cattle mm. create for a Look at I love what beautiful I love himself to be the it. smartest person on the show. It's the it, but it like it it ends up frying itself like yeah. two minutes on each side uh, and then in the oven to finish it off. Yeah. You pull it out, it's crispy, it's delicious. It honestly uh, you can eat it without a steak knife. It is so That's tender. How tender it is. Yes, yeah. it is uh, fantastic. Not even and if hungry, and I'm hungry. If you have never had, if you've never treated yourself to high-end um, wagyu beef, you should do so. If you are a beef lover, it is absolutely worth it. And you use DNVR twenty. If you go to Hassel Com Cattle Company, uh, you can already get steaks for like thirteen dollars certain cuts, which is unbelievable. Then you get twenty percent. You off get twenty percent off. It's absolutely worth it. Please yeah. do. 
HassleCattleCompany.com to secure your bag of beef and use code DMVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Also, I want to tell you guys about Avaca TV. This one should be easy. This entire show is basically an advertisement for Avaca TV. We talked about it a little bit at the top of the show, but we'll just go through it real quick here. You want to watch Altitude TV. You want to watch the Denver Nuggets, not stream them, not be three minutes behind and you have some weird noises popping up. A pop-up happens, oh, God, it freezes, dude. the worst. Instead, nope, you got Avaca TV, simple little thing. They get a, uh, the receiver for $5 a month. $25 a month is all you pay for the subscription. Uh, you cancel any time. There's no commitment there. Um, and it's great. Then you get beautiful picture, like crystal clear. Some people have asked, like, oh, is it going to be HD or whatever? I'm telling you. Unbelievable picture, probably better than the regular picture you would get oh, through through like your re- regular cable box or what have you. That's actually true, right? It's like 4K or whatever. It's like it's like incredibly. Now, now we're uh, now we're full Serbians. You can't get this anywhere you can't, else. You can't get this you anywhere can't else. Get this anywhere um, else. And then you get access to Altitude TV, so you always get the Nuggets and Avs. So check them out. Then you get the DNVR channel right there, which just makes watching us. Imagine this, guys. You're watching the Nuggets game on Altitude TV. And then immediately when it's over, you just hit a button and you switch over to the post-game show with the DMVR Nuggets. That's what you get with Avaca TV. So simple. Uh, check them out. Um, this story, so it's a little bit of history. It's a little bit of our travel. And it's a little bit of backstory on Jokic. So it's a little bit of three things that I hope weave together into one, you know, one story that culminates with some really cool stuff. Um, that's my hope for the story. There's some people that got cut out of this. Here's what I mean to say. We learned when we went there the rich history that Serbia has and Yugoslavia prior to Serbia, you know, has with basketball that that really is a nation that values basketball unlike anyone else other than historically the United States and the Soviet Union. I think those three countries are the are the three countries that most sort of have this like entwined with with their culture and what have you early on. Now, since then, we have seen France, we have seen Spain, we have seen, uh, you know, Lithuania, which is a, made up a large part of the Soviet Union's basketball structure. We've seen these other countries. But when you go back 70 years and say, OK, in the 1950s, the, the way that the founding fathers began this and said, hey, no, this is important to us. We can be good at this and it makes sense for us. This this is a sport that fits our culture. That's really what they said. Yeah, it's actually kind of a cool thing to say, yeah. like, wow, that was a country that or a group of men that had a plan that said, hey, we can be good at this. Yeah. And they were right. We're tall and we have long arms. It really comes down to that in some part. Truly. They're like, you know what? This we're is good at sport. water polo and we're good at basketball. And it, it's all arm based. Can you imagine making a, I mean, a declaration? A, a, no, a 50 year plan for a country that you're just kind of like, you know what? This thing fits our physical attributes and culture so perfectly that we're going to invest in it. And guess what? 70 years later, we'll have Jokic. Beautiful. I love it. I mean, it makes sense. Again, this is what you can do when you have people that are the same that live inside of a, a yeah. border together. You can be like, what is the thing that we are good at? Although in the I will US, say part like of it's what, everything. But part of what made Yugoslavia so compelling to me, it wasn't a group of people that were the same. They actually were people that had some pretty important differences and at its pinnacle blended very nicely in their sports. I think in their pinnacle in other ways as well. But I'm saying in their sports specifically, you're bringing in these different people, different languages, cultures, yes. what have you, and you're getting them. And one of the stories that got cut off, I didn't actually get to talk about Dragan Kikanovic, which is kind of a bummer. He was named the Yugoslavian player of the 20th century. So this is, you can imagine missing out when I'm telling you history missing out on a guy that was named the guy of an entire century uh the first century um but i didn't get to tell a story about him they this is a team and i I go into some of the details on it that won six gold medals in 10 years in international competition he was a key piece of that um had a phenomenal mustache as well really killer mustache wow kale Kale just woke up (laughs) i also and the most regrettable one for me personally that i had to cut out i actually wrote it into the story we edited it but it was one of the final cuts i had to take it out because it just was like 
We had to keep this thing to 60 minutes. Um, Jelko Obradovic is considered widely the, the greatest coach in European history. And I think for good reason. He has nine EuroLeague championships. I think the second most is four for a coach. So he has more than double EuroLeague championships as anyone. Um, he was on the team that won a gold medal in 1990. And in 1991, he shows up for training camp. This is not in the documentary, but it's a good story, and I just kind of want to hear what you guys have to think about it. 1991, he shows up for training camp for, I believe it's Eurobasket 91. Yeah, it's Eurobasket 91. And at training camp, a group, including Dragan Kikanovic, a legend who had won all these gold medals, who was, uh, uh, I believe, an administrator, like a GM or something for Partizan, which is where he was a player, as well as some other important Yugoslavian basketball administrators and leaders, they kind of like surprised him. They sat him down, he comes into camp and like, we want to have you come into the office. And they basically tell him, this tells you the culture, this kind of mixes the culture. They basically tell you, hey, it's time for you to become a coach. You're a great basketball player, a good basketball player. You're good enough to be on the net. He was like the Monte Morris of the national team. You're good. You're good. But you have all the makings of a great coach. And we think it's time that you take on that mantle. The game has given you this, but it's now your time to give back in this different way. And we think about the free market here in the U.S. There's free market here. I don't think they like put a gun to his head and said he had to do this. (laughs) But I'm just saying culturally, I just love this image of these legends coming down and saying, thank you. Well done. Good and faithful one. Now it's time for you to step into a new role, but being right about it also, like saying like, hey, your talents are such that we feel this would be a good moment for you to segue. And what happens? He goes to the bench of Partizan the next year to be the head coach. He becomes the immediate head coach. And his assistant coach that year is none other than Alexander Nikolic, the literal godfather of Yugoslavian basketball, the first coach. The first coach becomes his assistant coach in 1991. 92 season they win a very interesting championship that again i had to cut this out for partisan who we had some of the key players on the roster there including my guy now georgievich alexander georgievich uh who's one of the heroes of the documentary who that you will be get to see but in 1991-92 the war breaks out they actually have to go to Fuenlabrada in madrid because the country is at war and they're they're basically not not capable of playing there so they have to go to Fuenlabrada where the the locals embrace them. You can imagine if the Nuggets couldn't play in Denver for a year and had to go to like Idaho. Oh yeah. But then Idaho sold out every single game. Oh yeah. And and this is what happened for them. And they win a championship with a group of a. I think the average age was 22 years old. The coach is is there, barely old enough. Wins his first Euroleague title and goes on to have a legendary career. And I just love this because the title of the documentary is 100 Invisible Threads. We're talking about thread lines. This is literally the guy most responsible for making Yugoslavia a basketball country, goes 40 years coaching as a professional, both for the national team, not all the way through for the national team, but in pockets, as well as for different club teams around. And then at the very end, he f- they pick this guy and say, hey, it's your turn. Here's the baton. And what does that guy do? But let take it to a whole new level and wins at an even higher clip. And I just, to me, this is the essence of the story I was trying to tell. And I, I had to cut that important detail out. But I just loved it. Well, Serbian basketball is not, like, I think we're at a time now, right, where USA basketball is an emergent property of just whatever individuals you've assembled. Right. <laughs> Serbian basketball can only ever comprise individuals and will always be a a defined uh, thing that's put on a pedestal above any given individual. And so even a guy like Jokic, right? He he is a cog in us in a system and and not eat for as good as he is, right? He's not it's not Serbian basketball is not let's do everything we can to put this guy on a pedestal. He's a result, not an anomaly. Right. And so they will all like this collect 
and you could get a sense of it at that game. Watch it, walking the legends one by one, walk into that, right, that arena. Right. There's a Joko Brodovic, by the way, one of the guys who walks in. One of the he's guys, at right. the game. He's there. The Phil Jackson of Serbia is is, is there. So, so the history, the defining traits, the current players of the team, like all these things, kind of a, they 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 come together. And so Serbian basketball is almost this living, breathing thing that's passed down to individuals, right. not defined by individuals. And by the way, Jelko Obradovic takes over the national team in 96, I believe, and they win a silver medal with him at the Olympics. They win a handful of golds at the end. Again, this was cut out from the documentary. I kind of tell the history of them and all the golds they win till 95, which is the apex you know, for them, for reasons you'll learn. But Jelko Obradovic then, like, who was playing for the team in 1990, who in 1991 was training to play, he takes right. over, and then in 96, Generation the third golden generation basically is his golden generation of coaching a new group of players that included Peja and, and Bodhi Roga and some of these other guys, these great, great players. And I just think that's what part of what makes it so cool is it's these through lines that right. you kind of see this like threads. these threads of like, hey, you started here, you benefited from this guy's sacrifice, and then you step into the sacrifice yourself and hand it off to this next generation. And it was so great. And it was just so compelling. And I saw there was a great comment in here. You could pull it up, Kale. Donnie J, he says, makes you think how much basketball history there is internationally that will rarely yep. ever get recognized by a larger audience this was my big takeaway yep. i expected to be uninterested <laughs> to be honest with you like yeah ah, whatever i'll go out there and this or that in large part because there is something too you want the best and the nba is the best league but when you go out there and you learn some of these stories you realize that there are a lot of great stories that actually do compare to the nba stories and thinking of them as better or worse you start to miss out on some of these things that are better in different ways. Not better basketball-wise, perhaps, although that's changed in the last 20 years a lot, but I'm talking about at this time. But better in that there's something we can really learn about basketball through these stories that we're missing because we're only following the best. Yeah, for, for me, it's like when, you be, like when I really started to gain an affinity for the Serbian people and you start to understand what it is that they, how they're looking at, what it is that we're all looking at together and like why it was so important and the, and the you know everybody loves from a story standpoint you just love to hear you know people rising above adversity and finding a way to do things against all odds and like all of that stuff and you're right i mean there's i'm sure that the spanish basketball team has a really interesting story and the donnie i mean like i'm sure that there's lots of really interesting things but it's there's something about like specifically for us for me anyway like <clears throat> the serbian um people have like embraced us so with such open arms right and it's like just such, it's cool to learn about them as more than just you know people who also like Jokic. but then i mean it really just is the Jokic thing coming down like just right. understanding the largest psychology of who it is we're dealing with from not just him but like where he come from and like why they are so motivated and why it's just it's i don't know you just it you when people are <clears throat> or when you're just introduced to something that's so like beautiful and pure as the culture that we were introduced to is like you you find yourself rooting for it and you right. find yourself like wanting to know like you know why do you think that way it's funny that you say pure because like th this kind of gets to the last point and i think we can wrap up on the story but you one of my biggest takeaways i you guys know me i love basketball like I love, I love it a lot as a concept. I love thinking mm -hmm. about it abstract, abstractly, and come walking away from from this and making this documentary. One of the things I keep thinking was, I loved the Serbian school of basketball and all I have learned about it, but I don't think it's perfect. In fact, I would say that it's like pretty flawed. 
And I think there's a desire to say, hey, they get it right. Look what you have here. One of the things I've been thinking about a lot over the last month as I've been working on this documentary is I think of a player like Luka who is steeped in the Yugoslav tradition. He is uh, people. I mean, the Serbians have taught us this. He is actually Serbian. His Serbian is better than his Slovenian, but he worked plays for Slovenia for various reasons. But then he was steeped in a certain tradition as Jokic was steeped in a certain tradition, but then he left and went to Spain who over the last 20 years, Spain has created a very good infrastructure, has great coaching, great academies, and obviously great professional teams. And he gets a little bit of that Spanish culture. And then he comes to the U S and he's getting a little of this American culture. And you could see that Luca is this in many ways, confluence of his experiences. I think Jokic is very much the same. I think Jokic is a Serbian player through and through in a lot of ways. And I think the, when he became an MVP, was when he sort of realized at what mo- the limitations of that. Now, I don't think this yep. is literal. I think some of this was just natural progression. But I think some of the ways that Jokic has gotten better, and, and we would agree on this, is he went from being a 20-point-per-game scorer to 27-point-per-game right. scorer. And, what, and there's it's something very anti-Serbian about yeah, that in totally. a lot of ways, where it's like, you know what? No, I need... That it's not that one way is the American way is better. He became Americanized. It's that he, I think, saw the benefit of various schools and was able to kind of figure out what worked for him perfectly. And I think a lot of players, this is probably true of, and a lot of basketball. I think basketball is not one thing. And this is why I said we study the NBA and the NBA history because it's the greatest, and it is. But there's, it's not the most perfect. It's not complete. It's incomplete. And when you see something else, you realize that there was this hole in the puzzle that you had never really feel, realized. And when you plug that whole puzzle piece in, you realize how much bigger this whole thing was. And it makes it gives you a deeper appreciation and understanding. And we've gotten a sense of, even if we can't claim to be super fluent in it, we've gotten a sense of how Serbian culture outside of basketball has helped inform what Serbian basketball culture is. And it's just like, that's the coolest part of travel, right? You get out, you start to see that it's not just, they speak a different language or go to different places to eat. Like you, they are thinking and seeing the world differently than you are. And of course that would trickle down um, into sports. And so if there are these different attitudes and perspectives and philosophies towards life across the world, you know, if you're going to apply that same concept to sports and just looking for the best one as the way Adam framed it earlier, you're missing something, right? There's just something to take from each one, whether for whatever they get right or wrong. And I think I, I love that comment because I just think that's exactly right. How many more versions of this are there throughout the world that even we can't tap into yet? Definitely Lithuanian, definitely sure. the Spanish team of the last handful of years. Oh, and then sure. it goes even beyond that. Like Italy had a big basketball tradition early on in basketball's existence, you know, as well. So like there are these threads that even extend. Although I will say this, one thing that Serbia is most known for in the basketball world, perhaps throughout Europe, is coaches. They've had some great players come right, through, but right. they've had even more coaches go through. And again, that was one of the emphasis of the founding fathers very early on. They said, we can't do this in a, as hermits. We need to go out and we need mm. to send people. And even to this day, the Serbian Basketball Federation assigns their best coaches to go abroad. They'll say like, hey, Ogi Stojakovic, for, I don't know this for him specifically. I'm just giving you an example. You're a very good coach. It's time for you to go to the U.S. Yeah. Do you MBA or college? What do you think? Because it's time for you to step outside of our kingdom mm-hmm. and go learn things and then bring them back to us. And it almost does feel like a mission. Like I, yeah. you can even talk to some of these guys yeah. and it feels like I'm over <laughs> here to learn so right. I can str- right. for myself personally. It's my career. You know, there's, um, but it's also like I know that part of this is I was brought here because of these people and I will return to those people as well yeah. to kind of give share them the blessings that I've been given. It's so true. Jokic achieve, has achieved his highest 
uh, just the highest form of himself through the NBA, I believe. Oh, no question. Um, I firmly believe that. And, you know, we, you know, in watching the Serbian team then play in Eurobasket, like, and their ultimate downfall felt like it was because they wouldn't just let Jokic be Jokic. So true. They were insistent on playing that sort of team uh, construct and, we saw Coach Pesic not put Jokic in for way too long in the second half, and it right. cost them. And, and there, you know, it's not a perfect system, and nothing is a perfect system. But it's just in the way that you can hear us talking about, like just having our own personal eyes open by going to a different place in the world and seeing how things are done, things and how perspectives can change. Everything is made better through different uh, perspectives, and Jokic has learned, and as Luca has, Luca. Is it talks shit like you know like Luca, <laughs> which is not something we see in the Serbian at least. In, I was in our told time explicitly there. do not talk shit. It is very yeah. offensive to like talk shit. At a yeah, yeah. Game. But I mean, like, like, like to a, to someone you're playing against. Yes, most definitely. But there's just like stuff like that. Like you just find the best version of it. So it's cool. Fusion. I, but another thing, another point here is I remember Mamba mentality for a long time annoyed the hell out of me because I always thought like this was like there was all the I saw the all the negatives. I didn't see any of the positives. The older I've gotten, the more I've like looked at that and said, no, I totally get it now. And it's like something that's actually beautiful. But here's the thing. It's only beautiful if you understand that it's incomplete. That mm. this, is my, this is my official landing on it. I think that athletes have to be wired differently than the average person in a certain way because they do live in a plane of constantly pushing themselves to their limits to be the best. And there's something to that. It just can't be your all-encompassing thing. Sure. And I think that's part of where people get lost. Like, uh, you know, the Will Bartons of the world, one of the things I think we appreciate about him is his unwavering belief in himself. And that's an important thing that you, I think it's underrated how much that can derail a person if they don't have it. No question. But you can also be drunk off of it. And I'm not saying Will Barton right, is, right, but maybe right, he is right. in part. I mean, we think all, at least in moments he definitely is. But my point is, it's so hard to have full faith in a thing while also understanding it's a limited thing. But I think this is what was so fascinating about Serbia. And you talk about them losing and, and kind of underwhelming. It's actually been 20 years of underwhelming. They yep. lost one in 2002, a very huge pinnacle. And they've had some highs. They've had some silvers you know, here and there. But they haven't had the sustained success. And part of me does wonder, the world has sort of become more global. It's become more of a meeting place of the minds sure. of, of, uh, than ever before. And the more hermited you are... Whether literally or culturally, the, the the harder time you're going to have. And that was one of the things I walk away from studying Serbian basketball history is I wonder, it's time for an important evolution, but one that doesn't lose their coal, their core, their soul. And the way that this is all changing rapidly as a global game. You know, Eurobasket was so interesting this year because of the blending of styles, right? Sure. Like there was all this abundance of talent. But I was just talking with Vlatko in the locker room the other night. And he played for Team Slovenia at Eurobasket, such a different competition. But he played with Luca, and he oh. was like, "Dude, we basically copied the maps. Right. We were playing NBA right. basketball. So even on that stage, there's some blending right now and some giving and taking. I know this is a bit of a tangent, but I kind of want to squeeze it in because it's interesting. You were just talking about the belief thing and how there are different kind of you see that play out in different ways. And Vlako's there's a little conflict there in that he just wants to be the perfect role player in the NBA and make the roster and do everything right." But he said he told me he also benefits off of the raised expe expectations on Team mm. Slovenia and how when that's required of him, he actually finds he has more than he thought. I love that. So that's a really interesting, I think, manifestation of what we're talking about and how these different approaches can unlock or limit you in, in myriad ways. 
The way culture intersects with sports is so interesting to me. I think that the NBA has rotted in culture over the last like 10 years or so, 15 years, whatever it's been. And I think that there probably are ways that you can like look at that and ask why and what other areas is it mirroring perhaps society or media or whatever it media, is. Yeah, media. It, it, maybe, it, maybe it is as simple as media. It is. Well, I think there's other aspects. I and mean, we talk about like the idea of just teaming up in general or this like super teaming or, or whatever it is. Like part of that is probably media driven. It is, but I think. You think it's exclusively media driven? I do. I think that the NBA has uh, absolutely been ruined by narrative and it, it it's treated like um celebrity more than it is sport it is it, what it, is lebron doing what is kd and it's we talk about their like what they're doing outside and the, the rarely do you get like a real discussion about the actual basketball it's like who dunks on who who did a poster blah, blah, right. blah. it's all this stuff that's like la glamour stuff which is not uh at all i, I don't think at all uh due to the fact that ESPN moved to Los Angeles and then we got like a Los right, Angeles right, right, certification right. of the NBA because then all of the, everything is, is coming out of there. And it's like, man, like you guys, it's just spoken about in like a, a tabloid way and the people that benefit from it. I would call it, it WWE. Most, yeah, but it, you know, it's like. Where but, the story like is a manufactured story and they're just waiting. Yes. They're like, just give us something that we can extrapolate a story yes. off of. And it, 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 it is straight away too far in my opinion from the actual sport which i've you know come to love should react to the game yes that uh, gave us the story it, 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 it is a uniquely nba issue yeah. the nfl is not like this the yeah. uh, nhl is not like i this. think there's another because you said a media and I, I i don't the reason i don't think it's media the <laughs> intersection between media starting in the 90s and marketing is where it happened because really the story is the story of nike and gatorade and mcdonald's yeah, and I these mean, ones that latched onto michael jordan because my point is when Michael Jordan arrived, the NBA told all these different stories. Then Michael Jordan arrived, and we're like, "Wow, that's the best story. Let's tell it again." And there was only one Jordan, so now we have to tell it for Kobe. Now we have to tell it for LeBron. Now we have to tell it for whoever yeah. the next guy is. And I've I've long said this: there's an absence of a next greatest player. Nobody's talking. Maybe it's Luca. Maybe it's Victor W. I don't know, but nobody has really like agreed on that. So what has replaced the Jordan story? The yearly the, MVP. The MVP. If we can't tell the like who's the greatest of all time, we have to tell who's the greatest of right now, which is the same story, just shrunk down. And it's not the way it is a good story to tell, but it's not the story. But it's the yeah. story. Everything is just the story. Right. And it's like, no, sometimes they're just we're talking about Serbia's basketball culture. Totally. <laughs> That's like a cool. Yeah, to me, like media and marketing are the same thing in this in this well, way. Like in this way, is it's like how can we be most profitable? It is by telling the best story that then moves the product. That then right. da, 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 and it, everything is sort of packaged in a way that it's like, oh man, isn't this cool? Blah blah blah. Versus just so one thing I'll say, and this to put a button on it. You can put outro music if we have any here. But the the button on it would be. Jokic is very withholding and we kind of don't like it at times the older I get the more I sort of appreciate it because I think Jokic is hyper aware of this thing that we're talking about the way the story is told and he's hyper aware of how that is not a real story It's just like a story that likes and the fact that he removes himself from that story Therefore we don't have certain aspects of him that other athletes you kind of know a lot about because they're constantly telling you and showing you whether they're true or not. I just kind of like you. You mentioned that we, we talked about this on our trip. We talked to Jokic for eight seconds. Actually, you didn't even talk to him, but we talked to him for like me and Harrison for like I've never eight talked seconds. To him. Yeah, we talked yeah. to him for eight seconds, and I know a lot of people are like, "Was that a bummer?" Like, first of all, he told us he wasn't going to give us an interview, so I was kind of excited that he even just walked over and said hi to us. But the point was that we, we kind of arrived on 
it's kind of cool that Jokic brought all of this together. He lured us, not specifically, but I'm just saying because of following him, that we fell in love with Serbia and we went and did all these things. And yet he's like the backdrop, but never in the story. And there's something cool about that. And pure, there's something pure about that. And, and, and it allow, we talked about this a while ago, but it sort of allows him to maintain his mythical status. You know, like when, <clears throat> if anybody meets us, they're disappointed moments afterwards. Like, it's like, oh, I watch you on the show. And then it's like, all right, well, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like better that Jokic like remains upon this mountaintop that we can't quite get to. He's yeah. like, he is the demigod, you know? Yeah. But also, if he wants to come on the show, he but can. By all but by all means, please, please. <laughs> you imagine Yoke is like, hey, man. Oh, dude. Hey, uh, I really want to come life, on. <laughs> if Yoke sat here, you might literally giggle the entire time. I don't I, I don't know what I would do. It would, I would like have a, I, I don't, like I've been in the presence of celebrity before, but I think that I would melt. I mean, I think you kind of just hit the nail on the head. It might be a bit more of a bummer than you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Might be, dude. Might be. It's just best that you never know. Anyway, that was it, guys. A hundred invisible threads. Sign up for Avaco. We have a couple super chats. Let's get to them here real quick. Oh, come on. Super chatting TSP. <laughs> Let's go. Daffy says, okay, guys, because of you, I came from Serbia to watch Jokic tonight. Hell yeah. Because of us. God damn. I think, you I think he's lying. I think he came because of Nikola Jokic. Well, listen, I'm going to... But I, I do appreciate uh, the sentiment. Wind and I will be at the arena tonight, Daffy Duck. So if you have any way of reaching out to us, if that's on Twitter or Instagram... Or if we hi. do the perch. But uh, you know what? F it. We're doing a perch tonight. We're They're doing, doing a perch. A perch. Let's what was go. Our, what was our old section? Well, just, was, no, just make it wherever you guys yeah. are seated, just yeah. outside there. That's the uh, point yeah, that's of a perch. That's smarter. I'll so tweet it out. Yeah, I'll tweet, yeah, tweet that it out. out. I'll tweet that. Um, so yeah, come say hi to him. Uh, Dylan says... Deep stuff, guys. Well done. Well, thank you for that. Hey, thanks, Dylan. Oh, thanks for that. Um, that does it, guys. 100 Invisible Threads. It's on Avaca TV. It shows, I believe, next Thursday. Do you know the dates? It's on Thursday, Thursday, th every Thursday. Every Thursday at 7 p.m. the next four weeks. And I'll be watching along with you guys because I like to see what people are talking about and saying about it. So Yeah, and, and just so, we, I mean, Adam keeps saying we, we, we. Like, this was Adam's labor. Of and Ryan like Green Adam, as well. And Ryan yeah, Green, yeah. But, I mean, Adam really put this together. This is his project in the best possible way. Like, this is uh, really cool to see come together. You can see, you can hear Adam's affinity for the history that he learned. I and love how much, Serbia. Yeah, and how much he learned. Like, like genuinely. Very, very truly. Like, so you can really feel Adam's passion coming out in this. We went along for the trip. We were there. Um, but, like, truly, this is uh, a, a very monumental accomplishment by Adam, and it should be a... Uh, applauded. So Thanks, homie. Great job. I, and I really thought he was going to blow it, so <laughs> just thrilled to see he didn't. It's my favorite project I ever did. Prior to this, it was the Will Barton documentary. Which is also fantastic Which, if you can find online yeah. in podcast form. Yeah. Uh, a, gr a great show as well. This one's the same, but about Jokic in Serbia, so yes, automatically better. Hit the like button on the way out. We'll see you guys. Let's go.